This is Volusia Today, a public information radio program brought to you by the County of Volusia. Here is your host, Kevin Captain. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Volusia Today. I'm Clayton Jackson with the Volusia County Community Information Division. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning, and Volusia Today is made possible by our sponsors, the Daytona Beach International Airport, the Ocean Center, Volusia Recycles, and Votran Public Transportation. Today on the show, I'm joined by our co-host, Pat Kewen, as well as Human Services Administrator, Patricia Hubbard, and Resource Stewardship Director, Dr. Brad Burbaugh. So Pat, how are things going today? Hey, I'm doing great, but I'm a little bit worried about hurricane season. It's only day two and we've already got a little storm sitting out there in the in the Gulf. And I'd like to remind our listeners that it's time to stock up on your hurricane supplies and try to get there by June 9th because that's when the sales tax holiday stops. That's right. And I know Jim Judge, if he's listening right now, he is smiling because he loves when we are talking about hurricane preparedness, uh, even when he's not around. So, Jim, that one's for you. And just to piggyback off that a little bit also is, as always, we'll make people aware to go ahead and start preparing now, start getting your plan in order. Um, Always, always, always look into getting flood insurance because even if you are not in a high-risk flood uh, zone, there's still probability of flooding. So we just want to throw that out there to our listeners. That Again, we're already off to a rocky start. But again, definitely, as Pat said, take advantage of the sale, disaster sales tax holiday. So if you are a parent like me, You've had today, Friday, June 2nd, circled on your calendar for probably since about June or August of last year. Um, Today is the last day for schools in Volusia County. So, you know, we congratulate all those children out there. Uh, Hope they got their swimsuits ready to enjoy some fun in the sun and the lovely Florida weather. Um, But again, when school is out for the, the year, you know, there are a lot of different summer programs out there for our kids to enjoy. And one of them is the summer food program, which Miss Patricia Hubbard is going to talk about. So, Trish, we'll just go ahead and get it rolling. Okay. Tell us what is the summer food program. Okay. Well, the program is overseen by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, and they work with sponsors all throughout the state to provide free, nutritious meals to children ages 18 and under while school is out for the summer. So why is it important that we offer this program to, st- to children? Well, this program continues a valuable meal service when schools are out. We know how important meals, uh, breakfast and lunch meals are to children in school, but when that ends, what happens? So the summer food program continues that trend. It keeps the meals going all throughout the summer months, um, providing nutritious breakfast and lunch meals to the children. And let's go into a little bit more not just any site and first of all how many sites are participating so far this year this year i have 63 sites signed up 63 sites mm-hmm. across the county across that, the county that's yes. amazing that's amazing yes, but definitely. you know not just any organization church or nonprofit, not just anybody can apply and host a feeding site so tell our listeners a little bit about how uh, just some of the qualifications that a site has to meet to be in order to feed children this summer okay well all 
all the site has to do is be willing to be a participant and serve the children in the community. They, they cannot be within a quarter of a mile of each other um, and also cannot be too close to a school that's participating as well because we do have some schools that will be participating but any of uh, the county summer food sites cannot be within a quarter of a mile of those sites. But as long as they are not and they are willing to participate as a site to serve the children in the community, they can. And the sites, they are located in areas that, um, well, I know we were talking about this earlier, that what at least 50% or more of the children yes. have to be located or receive free or reduced free or meals. Reduced, exactly. Any location where they are in close proximity to a school that has at least 50% of the children who are enrolled in those schools eat free and reduced meals during school time, they can participate. Um, sites also have to attend a mandatory training um, every year um, in order to qualify because they have to show the state that they have been trained to operate the program as a site. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's an application that they filled out. It's pretty basic. Um, attend the training, be in an, uh, an eligible area, and just welcome the children. That's a wonderful program. Now, do parents need to sign up, or do they just show up? No, they don't have to sign up. We don't ask for any kind of requirements from the household. There's no application for them to fill out for their children. They just have to show up to a site. That's great. And do the kids need to be accompanied by an adult? Well, they can if they if the ch parents decide to bring the children. They're more than welcome to. Of course, the parents can't eat the food. It's just for mm -hmm. the children ages 18 and under. But, you know, smaller children, maybe they do have parents that bring them. But normally, the majority of our sites, they're so close in the communities that the kids can walk to the sites. Great. And Yeah. And out of curiosity, does the, the, ch the child's family, the household, is there any income requirements that a child or a household has to meet in order for the children to receive meals? Right. No, no income requirements, nothing to fill out, nothing to provide showing household income at all. They just need to be um, in an area close where a site is located and just reach out to them and receive a breakfast and lunch meal every day, Monday through Friday. Wow, this mm -hmm. is a great program it for the really kids is. and the parents. Yes, it is. And what kind of food do you provide? Well, we have breakfast and lunch, and items that are on our breakfast menu, well, both meals, uh, they receive a milk. That's a requirement. Um, but they also receive items for breakfast like Pop-Tarts, cereal, uh, bagels, donuts, croissants. Um, this year, that's a new item on our menu is a chocolate croissant. Oh, oh boy! And, yeah, it's something that the uh, our food vendor put on the menu because they say they serve it in school, the schools apparently. So it got approved to be on our menu this year. So I think that may be a big hit for the kids because it's got it chocolate. Will. <laughs> yes, it, it. Yeah, and for lunch we have items like um, Italian subs, a turkey club sandwich, um, PB and J Uncrustables, which is another big hit. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. And we, you mentioned schools a couple of times. So just clarify to our listeners out there, because there's actually you know, the county Volusia government. You know, we are a summer food sponsor, yes. but so is the Volusia School District. So exactly. explain the differences between the two real quick. Okay. Well, with the county of Volusia being a sponsor, we have sites, <clears throat> like you say, like parks and recreation, summer camps, 
um, churches, libraries, YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs that participate in the county um, as a sponsor. But with the school board, it's only the schools. We have certain, there are certain schools throughout the county that also participate, um, but they're not affiliated with the county government side of the uh, program. All right, so let's, let's rewind a little bit to how the food is actually provided and how it is consumed. Okay. Now, we'll take us back pre-pandemic to 2019. Let our listeners know how the program operated at that point. Okay. Pre-pandemic, um, the kid, children had to attend the site, come to the site, and at breakfast time, eat the meals on site. And then if they weren't already at the site in a camp, they had to come back for the lunch meal and stay on site to eat the lunch. There are certain components of the meals that the children can take off site, such as like the juice box, you know, like they get a juicy juice box. They can take that off site. Um, any item for breakfast, like the bagel or the pop tarts or the cereal, because they are shelf stable items, they can take those off site with them. But the milk, and any cold item that has to be refrigerated, such as the sandwich at lunchtime, has to be eaten on site. Um, but once COVID pandemic started, the state allowed for the sites to participate as a grab and go site because of the safety concerns uh, with the, the uh, COVID um, illness and everything, they didn't want to have an outbreak in the communities, so they allowed grab and go. Where the children just come to the site, we have the breakfast and the lunch bag, uh, meals bagged up for them, and they would just come to the site, receive a meal, and go on their merry way. So, 2019 before, it was consume on site. They yes. get their meal there, they have to eat it on site. Yes. 2020, 21, mm -hmm. they actually could do grab and go. Yes. Now, I know last year there's a little bit of confusion with that. Exactly. So it's my understanding that at the very beginning of the program that it was they had to, like you go back to pre-pandemic, they yes. had to get their meal. They then had to eat it on site. Exactly. And then about halfway through the program, mm -hmm. around July, July last year. 18th. July Okay, she, she actually remembers <laughs> yeah, that date. I remember the day. Yeah. So the state, um, the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumers, services yes they actually came up and said hey you know at this point if a uh, site would like to be grab and go we can allow for such exactly so tell our listeners real quick what is the state's policy right now heading into the 2023 season okay well the state's policy now is we are back to pre-pandemic which means that the children have to stay on site to um, eat their meals however they did come up with a plan that due to geographical areas in our county, um, that they were approving any sites that are in certain pockets of our county, um, they could apply to be a grab and go site. And this year we had three sites that were approved to be a grab and go site. And those locations are Pearson Library in Pearson, Florida, um, Oak Hill Library, and Malloy Community Center, which is in DeLeon Springs. And that was exact only due to their geographical areas. All right, so those three sites right now 
are grab and go all the other 60 sites mm-hmm. they are the traditional consume on site consume on site right. exactly now however again with the state they did change their policy yes. about halfway through the program mm-hmm. last year That's so right. in the event that they do make a change or additional sites have been approved for grab and go we'll definitely make sure to get that information out to the public definitely we want to make sure that everyone is aware of everything that's going on with the program and kept up to date. Wonderful. Now, now we're going to post those 63 sites on volusia.org this morning. And I'm wondering, um, how else can people find out where these sites are? Okay. Well, they'll also be listed on the state um, website um, at summerbreakspot.org. And... All a person has to do is go to that website, put in their address, and site locations in their community will pop up. They can also text on their phone to 304-304, and they'll get a text message back asking them for their address. And they put their address in and send it in a text, and those sites will pop up again, all the sites in their community. Oh, good. That makes it easy. Yeah. The yeah. Site, it, and they also provide information such as that site's name, their address, the meal times that they're serving breakfast and lunch meals, so they're aware of everything and any days that they're closed. All right, so for all you parents and guardians out there, if your children are looking for some healthy, free, and nutritious foods to eat, starting this coming Monday, June 5th, check out the summer food sites. Again, go to summerbreakspot.org, put in your address, and you'll find a nearby site. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll talk to Dr. Brad Burball about the new Regrow the Loop program. Stay with us. Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. And hit the bell icon to know what's happening in your hometown. There are so many great places to explore. And things to learn. With over 1,000 videos available right now, the channel offers something for everyone. Let's go! Did you know we have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation? Subscribe! and hit the bell icon. Or that we live stream important county meetings and workshops where leaders make decisions that can impact our everyday lives. Did you subscribe yet? Or that we record our weekly radio show, Volusia Today, where we interview staff from the different divisions and departments across our great county, and they discuss the nitty gritty of their field and expertise. Go ahead, subscribe. But that's not it, there's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. We're back. I'm Pat Kewen, along with Clayton Jackson, and you're listening to Volusia Today. This is a public information program brought to you by the County of Volusia. Joining us now to discuss the Regrow the Loop initiative that is kicking off this month is our own Resource Stewardship Director, Dr. Brad Burbaugh. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Happy Friday. Yes, thank you. Hey, let's get started by explaining what exactly the Loop is. There might be a few people out there who haven't heard of it yet. Sure. (laughs) Um, The Ormond Beach Scenic Loop and Trail is a a 30-mile double loop is what we call it because it's almost a loop within a loop on the west side you have dixie highway and on the east side you can go either a1a or john anderson to loop around but it's a a scenic a florida scenic highway and a national scenic byway that's got um, nine state county and city parks ocean access it's really um, 
a gem in our community, one of five um, scenic highways that we have in our county. Oh, it really is gorgeous. Like, I actually had the pleasure of accompanying you and your team out there a couple weeks ago, and I I was blown away, like, the beauty. Like, this whole county, there's just so much, like, just beauty. Like I said, I've lived here for about seven years, and I am blessed and just so proud to call Volusia County my home. So now now we kind of set the scene for our listeners that they know exactly where we're talking about and where the loop is. Talk to us about what the Regrow the Loop initiative actually is. So um, with the leadership of our elected officials, we've established the program really and asked homeowners to be our partners in preserving the beauty of the loop for future generations. So over the next 12 months, uh, we've engaged partners, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. So with the Ormond Beach Scenic Loop and Trail, the city of Ormond Beach, Florida Native Plant Society, Paw Paw Chapter, Dream Green Volusia, Halifax River Audubon Society are all helping us um, do provide educational activities over the next 12 months to homeowners. But as an educator and scientist, I know that one and done education doesn't work. So we're trying to engage people by one, getting them to sign a pledge where they commit to adopting some practices that will help grow, regrow the loop Um, protect water quality along the loop, but also engage as a volunteer. Um, So uh, when people sign the pledge, they'll get a sticker. Uh, We'll send them a sticker, a regrow the loop sticker, so they can proudly show it um, and let their neighbors that they're involved in the initiative with us. If they attend an educational activity, they'll be eligible to receive a free native tree at one of our plant giveaways planned uh, for later this fall or summer 2024. That's great. Now, I think one of your goals is to get rid of the invasive plants along the loop. So can you tell us what are invasive plants? They're the devil. Oh, dear. (laughs) And that's putting it nice, folks. (laughs) That's right. right. So um, really, they're plants that were not native to this area, and so they have no natural predators or anything really to keep them in check and keep the ecosystem in balance. So they essentially take over the ecosystem and crowd out our native plants. And in order really for plants, animals, humans, for all of us to thrive, we need a diverse ecosystem with diverse plants and animals that all have their niche um, in our environment. Okay, so so what are the some of the most common and, and the worst of these devils? Is it the air potato? So air potato, I think uh, mostly along the loop is Brazilian pepper. We've got oh. a lot of Brazilian pepper along the loop. Um, and uh, torpedo grass, Kogan grass, there's, there's lots of different ones. And even some... Um, some homeowners, homeowners are planting them not knowing that they're invasive. So uh, our goal is to highlight monthly on our county social media the good guys and bad guys on the loop. So helping people know this is um, a native plant or a plant that's adapted to our area that's good to plant along the loop or across the county for that matter. Um, and these are the bad guys that you want to stay away from because they exhibit that invasive behavior and take over. Oh, now some of these invaders are, are kind of pretty. Do we need to kill them too? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really about balance in the ecosystem. So I think if a homeowner is willing to um, keep the invasive in check um, and make sure that it's not spreading, um, you know, 
and they want it in their yard, that's their choice. But our recommendation, of course, is to not plant invasive species. Very good. We need to go native. <laughs> um, so one of the other goals of the Regrow the Loop initiative is Florida-friendly landscaping principles. And I know we probably could bring you on and you could fill a full half-hour show just talking about those. But real quick, tell us about what those principles are. Sure, happy to. So these are principles developed by the University of Florida. Um, IFAS Extension, who is a, one of our, our, the one, our organization um, locally who is leading this effort alongside with the county. And these are nine research-based principles um, so that are environmentally sustainable practices. So right plant, right place, water efficiently, fertilize appropriately, um, attract wildlife, manage pests um, responsibly. So that's just a snapshot of what we're looking at in terms of those Florida friendly um, landscaping principles. But when I say research based, it means that if you adopt these principles, you're going to protect our environment and the water quality um, of our county. Just like Clayton, I love this county. I was born and raised in it, and I like being on the water, so I wanna protect water quality. And by adopting these landscaping principles um, developed by the University of Florida, that's a small step that homeowners can take. Well, this is great. You're the right man for this job, Brad. Thank, Thank you. you for for getting this thing off the ground. And I'll bet a lot of our listeners would like to know how they can get involved with this Regrow the Loop initiative. How can they do that? So um, what we're proposing is we have a volusia.org slash regrow the loop is our website. So I would encourage people um, to go to the website and sign the pledge. Um, that would be the first to sign the citizen pledge and uh, commit to adopting one practice or more. Um, when we have your email, we'll give you a monthly, just one email a month. I was sure to put that so people wouldn't feel like they were just being bombarded. One. <laughs> one email a month of activities happening as part of the initiative that month. So not only classroom education, but we want to do some field trips to the different um, uh, public parks or um, maybe even nurseries. So people will get that information if they sign up and sign the pledge. We also have a list of our classes and links to register. At this point, most of the classes will be at the Ormond Beach Public Library, our first one on June 24th, we're very excited about. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not mention that this initiative is open to anyone in the county. So a lot of the practices, actually all of the practices that we will teach in those classes are, can be universally applied by homeowners in Deltona, Ormond, New Smyrna, Oak Hill, across the county. So we encourage folks that um, if they're interested in learning more um, and receiving the native tree, um, to please sign up and, and join us. Great. Just so to reiterate that, you know, this the this project is focused on the Ormond Loop. However, it is open and available to any, any Volusia County resident, because Ian Brad said a lot of these principles that can be applied to the Loop can be applied countywide. Um, you know, for more information, like Brad said, you obviously go to volusia.org slash regrow the loop. Actually, just yesterday, we did publish a Facebook video um, that tells a little bit more about what the initiative is and has some beautiful footage of what the Ormond Loop actually is. 
So with that, we're going to take our last commercial break. Don't go anywhere, and we'll be right back with more Volusia Today. Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. And hit the bell icon to know what's happening in your hometown. There are so many great places to explore. And things to learn. With over 1,000 videos available right now, the channel offers something for everyone. Let's go! Did you know we have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation? Subscribe and hit the bell icon. Or that we live stream important county meetings and workshops where leaders make decisions that can impact our everyday lives. Did you subscribe yet? Or that we record our weekly radio show, Volusia Today, where we interview staff from the different divisions and departments across our great county, and they discuss the nitty gritty of their field and expertise. Go ahead, subscribe. But that's not it, there's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. We're back with Volusia today. I'm Clayton Jackson, along with co-host Pat Kewen. And it's kind of the last few minutes we have here. Um, Trish, is there a, um, I don't want to call it a selling point because obviously the, the food is free, but what is your um, pitch to get parents and guardians to um, encourage their children to come take part in this program to get meals? Well, I would say it's just an incentive for your household. Um, if you're not fit, wanting to cook breakfast, cook lunch, send those children out to these sites all over the county and have them receive a free, nutritious breakfast and lunch meal. All right, and Brad, kind of the same with you. Tell us about why, it, what's your selling point to get somebody to participate in the Regrow the Loop initiative? So I think my selling point is government can't do it all but we can all together do something. And that's why we're asking homeowners to be our partners and why we've engaged the nonprofits and other municipalities to help us make this successful under the County Council's leadership. All right, so just a few upcoming events that we have in Wilshire County. We do want to remind everyone about the Veteran Services Stand Down event that is taking place next Friday, June 9th at the Wilshire County Fairgrounds. It will be held in the Hester building there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of wonderful resources for our veterans and their families to take advantage of, um, network in the community, as well as uh, there's going to be multiple, multiple divisions within the Volusia County government that are going to be there to highlight job opportunities within the uh, Volusia County government through the county's Hiring Our Heroes initiative. So, Pat, do you have any uh, closing words for our listeners out there? Well, I hope y'all have a great day, and remember to get ready for hurricane season. Yes, I'm glad Pat brought that up. Again, like we touched on at the beginning of the show, that um, we're already getting some nasty weather out there. You know, hopefully it's going to skirt us, and not, we may just get a little bit of rain, so we're keeping our fingers crossed there. But again, take advantage of that disaster sales tax holiday. Um, make sure you're looking to flood insurance and start preparing now. With that, we're going to close the show. Have a wonderful weekend, Volusia County. If you have a comment about Volusia today, or if there is a topic you would like to hear featured, please contact Volusia County Community Information at 1-866-345-0345.